it's Monday, and that so happens to be the day that I like to talk about monsters. I'm Jeff Arbuckle, and this is Monster Mondays, presented to you by Film Seizure. And this week, we've got an ooey-gooey creature feature for you. From 1986, it's From Beyond. Now, this was directed by Stuart Gordon, which I'm going to talk about here in just a moment. But it's based on a short story from H.P. Lovecraft. Now, uh, Lovecraft wrote this, I think, in 1920 or so, something like that. Um, Stuart Gordon was a big fan of uh, Lovecraft's. And say what you will about uh, Lovecraft's um, uh, questionable opinions about uh, outsiders and, and uh, other races of people. He was quite xenophobic, and, but he used his writing to kind of express some of that and again say what you will about his opinions and uh, how he expressed them but his uh, imagination is quite unlike any other writers I would say he had this kind of extra consciousness is the best way that I can put it where he could imagine and see and explain and write about these creatures that nobody else had ever really thought about before other dimensional creatures old gods um things that were terrible the 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 thought of these things or the visage of these things would either drive you insane possibly kill you on the spot whatever the case may be uh hp lovecraft was was an amazing writer and uh had an amazing imagination like that now, Stuart Gordon <laughs> is almost like a match made in heaven. Uh, Stuart Gordon originally worked in theater, and he was known for um, particularly provocative ex uh, experimental theater. And he came from Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, either you got what he was doing, or I've got a feeling you probably detested it. Uh, either which way, he... Um, took that and transitioned into horror uh, film. And, and well, I should say he transitioned into film, but was primarily known for working on horror. He did do some other um, sci-fi type of things uh, while he was partnered up with Charles Band from Empire uh, Pictures and then later, of course, uh, Full Moon Features. But um, he was mostly known for, for horror. And in 1985, he took H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's uh, The Reanimator and uh, did a, a, a wonderful little creature feature from that, which was very... Um, it kind of mixed the idea of Frankenstein with uh, zombies, really. Um, and it, it really put Stuart Gordon on the map. And he then, the very next year, adapted Lovecraft's From Beyond. Uh, this was not the, the only... Those were not the only two movies that he did that were Lovecraft uh, adaptations. He also did, uh, I think it's pronounced Dagon... I could be wrong with that. Uh, I've not seen the movie. I don't. I don't know exactly how that's pronounced. But I apologize if I screwed it up. But this isn't the only movie. Uh, this is not the only connection to Stuart Gordon, H.P. Lovecraft, Reanimator, uh, that we have in this. Because we also have Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton starring in this movie. Now, uh, they did three movies with Stuart Gordon, uh, the Reanimator, where uh, Jeffrey Combs kind of played the. Um, the Dr. Frankenstein type of character who had come up with the reagent that would reanimate dead uh, creature or dead things. Um, and then he, uh, and then Barbara Crampton was the girlfriend of 
Jeffrey Combs' um, colleague, uh, scientific colleague. Uh, in this, um, they play, again, he's, uh, Jeffrey Combs is a scientist who kind of works with this other scientist to create this, uh, this machine that can connect to other dimensions. Uh, Barbara Crampton plays uh, essentially a psychologist or maybe a psychiatrist. Uh, but uh, they were also in Castle Freak, where they were a married couple. All three of those were uh, Stuart Gordon movies. All three of them uh, creature features that could very easily be covered on this show, possibly even the regular uh, Film Seizure podcast. Um, speaking of, we also have Brian Usna involved with this. He produced this film and he co-wrote it. Brian Usna, uh, surprisingly, has not been featured on this uh, on this program before, um, and it's only a matter of time before we talk about his. Um, movie that was made a couple of years after this called society it's one of uh, mine and jason's uh favorite uh, ooey gooey gross movies of the 80s um i don't know it could be on this show it could be over a b-movie anima it could be on film seizure one of these days society is going to be talked about also in this movie, we have Ken Forey. He was in Dawn of the Dead, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, he uh, uh, later would go on to, to appear in some of uh, Rob Zombie's movies, uh, but uh, I will always forever know him as uh, from the Dawn of the Dead. Uh, so what is this movie about? Well... Jeffrey Combs plays a scientist, Dr. Crawford Tillegast, and he works with a man named Dr. Edward Pretorius, who's played by Ted Sorrell. Um, They are working on a machine called the Resonator, and it essentially stimulates the human pineal gland. Uh, By the way, a couple things here to talk about right out of the gate here. First and foremost, uh, Dr. Pretorius, monster movie fans are going to know that name because that was the character who um, essentially, um, I, I, he basically conned Dr. Frankenstein into creating the Bride of Frankenstein in James Whale's The Bride of Frankenstein. He is a very, very um, key figure in the Universal Classic Monsters. Obviously, it's the tip of the cap to, uh, to that character. But uh, this resonator thing is going to stimulate the pineal gland. What is the pineal gland? Well, it is a gland that is found uh, essentially centrally in your brain. And uh, it, I think it even connects uh, to the brain stem. But it, uh, it, it basically produces melatonin. And melatonin is the thing that modulates sleep patterns, both in what's called circadian cycles and seasonal cycles. Basically, it's the thing that tells people that it's time to go to bed, more or less based on uh, the 24-hour clock and the rotation of the Earth. It's all connected to the idea of if it's dark outside, most people's pineal gland will say it's time for you to go to bed. If it is, um, and in seasonal cycles, that would mean that uh, you tend to grow more tired the longer it's darker out. Um, I, I may be talking about it a little bit too um, 
I may be talking about a little bit too broadly, but that's essentially what the what the pineal gland does. However, uh, Rene Descartes. Uh, Descartes once believed that the human pineal gland was the principal seat of the soul. Now, later academic uh, philosophy um, among even his own contemporaries really kind of um, didn't really see that, didn't really think it had any metaphysical qualities. Um, and, And it's just one gland among many that regulates the way people uh, behave and and how they not necessarily behave in a psychological way, but how they physically behave. Um, and yes, uh, if your pineal gland is out of whack, it's going to probably cause uh, sleeplessness. It's probably going to cause, which then will probably cause uh, temper issues, and and it will affect your way of thought. But it's there, not metaphysically, it's there to to physically regulate the way you behave during the course of a day. Um, so it's it's one of those things that probably influenced H.P. Lovecraft to kind of connect the dots there to write this story. Which then, of course, connects the dots to Stuart Gordon making this movie. But um, what ends up happening is, is that uh, Tillagast is able to turn on this machine... And based on Pretorius's notes and everything, that uh, he basically figures out that it works. Um, however, what it does is it opens this gateway to another dimension. And you see these kind of flying eels that, uh, that are in the air. And they can, if they detect you, they can bite you and they can hurt you in the physical world. Basically, it melds the two um, metaphysical and physical worlds together. What that also does, though, is it opens up to this other creature. And Tillagas ends up destroying the machine um, and being arrested for the murder of Pretorius, who's found with his head essentially twisted off of his body, but no blood to be found. Uh, And he keeps saying, it ate him. And when they say it or when when they ask him what it is he says it, it's just this creature from this that we uh basically summoned from this other dimension um so he is uh sent to the insane asylum the police come with uh, dr Catherine mcmichaels who's barbara crampton who uh she's there to basically judge whether or not he is fit to um if he's fit to stand trial basically and when she starts talking to Tillagast and he explains to her what um, what he experienced she realizes that maybe there is something else here to his story so she requests that he be uh, remanded to her custody and she's going to try to figure out what this machine did and what he saw uh the police agreed despite protests from this uh, crotchety uh doctor who she's just she's a terrible bedside manners doctor as far as uh dealing with people with mental issues but uh she comes back later in the movie uh anyway um they're also 
accompanied by uh, Detective Bubba Brownlee, who's uh, Ken Forey. And they return to the Pretorius place, which is (laughs) um, the the house number on this is uh, 666. And I wish I had written this down. I can't remember the the name of the street, but it's basically like um, it, it's a really pleasant sounding street. But of course, the house is six six six. Anyway, um, they find uh, all sorts of strange stuff. First and foremost, um, uh, Crawford is scared of the place. He doesn't want to return because he knows these things are around, and if there's any way that the machine is turned back on, they're going to immediately be in danger again. But they also discover that Pretorius was a sadomasochist. He had a sex dungeon, and we find out later that the reason why is uh, he uh, was impotent. So he basically took it out on women and and he uh, Crawford often explains that he would bring these pretty girls back to the house and he would hear screaming and so on um so it's uh it's we're finding out that that uh, Pretorius is this uh, very kooky character and when we see Pretorius later we discover that um and yes, we see Pretorius because they turn back on the resonator. He returns, and we find out that it's a little bit like what we see in Hellraiser with the Clive Barker writings, where you know it's this it's this pursuit of this greater um, existence and and pleasure and pain and all of these senses kind of melding into one. And as uh, the more that they are kind of uh, interacting with this other dimension, it's changing these characters. Uh, Ken Forey, in particular, is very astute in saying, this is changing us and not for the better. Um, Catherine becomes uh, more obsessed. Um, she is kind of turning into Pretorius, even going so far later in the movie as uh, dressing up in, in S&M clothing. Um, and, and really kind of embracing that lifestyle that Pretorius had. Um, but then also you have Crawford, who is both terrified of this, but also uh, interested in it. I mean, he is, after all, a scientist, and, and he is interested in what the pineal gland does to people. Um, but... Ken Forey's character, Bubba, he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of town here, man. I don't want to be around for this. We're leaving. We're going to report our findings, and we're just going to be done with this. But uh, unfortunately, Catherine's uh, obsessiveness, um, the uh, obsessiveness to destroy the machine from Crawford basically traps them there. And um, as Catherine becomes more and more twisted by it, uh, mentally, we do find later that Crawford has been twisted physically. And as every time you see Pretorius, he is transforming more and more into this kind of globulous character that is uh, all sensory and almost no um, humanity left. And that's, that's becoming true for Crawford as well. And um, eventually the machine becomes, uh, is able to basically turn itself on. Uh, Pretorius from beyond is able to uh, restore power, restore the ability for this machine to work, which unleashes these flies that, uh, these kind of interdimensional ravenous flies that ends up eating Bubba. 
and uh, very nearly ends up uh, eating Crawford and Catherine, but they are able to escape yet again. Um, and they both get remanded to the mental hospital again. Uh, but Crawford has this uh, snake-like uh, tendril that comes out of his forehead that is essentially his pineal gland uh, being enlarged. And with this, he can see things differently. He can feel things differently. He can taste things differently. And uh, he is becoming slowly more and more like Pretorius, whereas now Catherine has become more like Crawford was originally, and she wants to destroy the machine. And um, in the end, um, Crawford and is basically brought back to his senses when the little snake-like thing is destroyed, and um, he's able to fight off Pretorius while Catherine destroys the resonator. But in the end, she's just kind of this insane cackling uh husk of what she once was and uh, effectively everything that the resonator uh set out to do has uh eventually worked but in different ways and has, has left our characters uh either dead or uh no longer who they once were and it's a really fascinating movie so let's talk about those three things that I like about this movie because uh, the first and foremost um, is the is the story itself and, and the use of medical horror, but not just medical horror, metaphysical horror as well. The idea that changing one's uh, way that their brain works opens them up to these horrific other truths and other concepts and these other ideas and it 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 ends up becoming something it takes something that is originally uh in your imagination or in the metaphysical and makes them real and not only does it make it real that it can hurt you like the little flying eels that go around and and bite at the characters as they um as they're detected by them but that they are it's also um it's also devouring them. It's changing who they are. It's changing their souls. It's changing their form. It's uh, making them open to these darker concepts and these darker ideas. And it's a it's a fascinating story. Now, there are, I do know that it was not as quite as well received as the Reanimator because the Reanimator kind of had this sense of humor to it that that kind of twisted the the Frankenstein style story of this whereas this it does kind of have some issues in the third act where it becomes a little bit more straightforward horror um, and a little bit less um, these kind of metaphysical and medical ideas that were uh, present in the first two acts but uh, it's it's a very it's a very different type of horror it, it's it's it goes into that really kind of far out ideas that Lovecraft would have had. And a lot of that is thanks to my second like, which is the effects. Um, one of the people listed as having worked on the visual effects was John Carl Beekler. Um, he recently uh, passed away in the last couple of years or so, but uh, he was uh, one of the really great uh, creature creators 
of the 80s and into the 90s. Um, he did end up actually directing one of the Friday the 13th movies. But as far as, you know, people who weren't named like Stan Winston or Tom Savini or something like that, John Carl Beekler was really, really good at creating very gross monsters and very um, almost realistic type of things too uh, and was did it primarily on lower budget movies too so uh, he you can tell that he was involved with this because as each time you see Pretorius throughout the movie he becomes more and more grotesque and uh, but it's very realistic as well it's it's a um, it, it's it's just one of those really great ooey gooey creatures from the mid 80s that uh, almost becomes obscene in the way that it's uh, it's portrayed and then lastly my third like the main cast the trio of jeffrey combs uh, barbara crampton ken forey are fantastic in this uh ken forey of course is playing the 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 intelligent one who wants to get out of this house wants to get far away from this thing and knows and understands that it's changing them but is also trapped there by not wanting to bring harm to Catherine or Crawford and that ends up of course getting them eaten by these ravenous interdimensional flies I don't know what else to call them um, but uh, he's great in this of course he's every bit the 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 same Kim for Ken Forey from uh, Dawn of the Dead too but um, when it comes to Barbara Crampton and Jeffrey Combs, it is a little surprising that they didn't become bigger, more mainstream uh, stars after uh, working in these movies with uh, Stuart Gordon. Barbara Crampton is somebody in her mid-20s who's very believably playing somebody who is an experienced um, and experimental and uh, having made a name for herself in the world of psychology it's um, it's surprising that she is able to pull that off so so well despite her relative youth and the fact that she didn't really kind of launch into uh, a bigger and and more um acclaimed career is beyond me and the same goes for jeffrey combs now jeffrey combs has been in a ton of movies that are very well known to people who like b movies who, who like horror movies however he really is this very expert deadpan actor almost like an anthony perkins in fact i think roger ebert even compared him to anthony perkins after the reanimator because he was uh, so deadpan he's so able to do so much with almost no expression on his face uh and with just a few words spoken almost uh monotonely he has a presence to him and in this of course it's a little wilder than what we normally see him in but he's He's fantastic in this. Now, later on, he did get into... Uh, he was in Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and played a really, really important part in that. But it's a shock that he wasn't uh, a bigger, more household name 
um, because he really is a fantastic actor and is able to just deliver lines in ways that is realistic, threatening, and also scary all at the same time. Um, and it's it's just he's a he's a fantastic actor, and he really could have been. Uh, much, much, much bigger uh, of a mainstream star than he unfortunately didn't turn out to be. But that wraps up this week's Monster Mondays. I highly recommend From Beyond, just from its imagination, particularly of the first two acts. But don't forget to check out new episodes of Film Seizure every Wednesday and a new installment of Monster Mondays each Monday on FilmSeizure.com, as well as places where podcasts are found, like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Audible. Additionally, you can hop on over to Facebook and Twitter to follow us by just searching for Film Seizure. And while you're at it, head over to my website, www.bmovieenema.com. You can read new text articles each and every Friday morning. Uh, You can also find my YouTube channel by just searching for YouTube or for going onto YouTube and searching YouTube for B-Movie Enema. You can find uh, all 13 episodes of season one of B-Movie Enema, the series. Basically, I'm watching a movie and uh, hosting it. Uh, So if you like uh, watching some lesser known and exploitation type of movies, uh, I think B-Movie Enema, the series, will fit your your, your sensibilities. But uh, in the meantime... Uh, you can find the episodes at YouTube. You can also find it at bmovieenema.com. So until next week, stay spooky. <laughs>